welcome to this week's recording of A Work in Progress. Thanks for downloading this episode. Today we're going to be talking about having a voice and to start with, Kim is going to give us a little bit of the theory. I wondered how much finding our voice is linked to our self-belief and our strengths. So I'm going to separate out, first of all, expressing our voice and hearing our inner voice because I think that's two different aspects of the topic. And thinking about the expression of our voice, I wonder how much this is linked to belief in ourself and our confidence um, in, our, in our convictions. And I think one way to increase our self-belief and our confidence is to be aware of our strengths and our virtues and our values. Our values, I see those as our compass on the road, um, on our road of life. And if we are living our life in line with our values, we're going to be more content and happier and more fulfilled. If we're not in line with our values, we're likely to feel lost and uneasy. So we can explore our values by asking what is important to me. And I think once we become clearer about what's more important to us, maybe that would give us the confidence to speak out. And looking at our values, there's a window. We're looking into the window of our purpose and our passion. And when we have purpose and passion, I, again, I think we're more likely to speak out. And being more aware of our strengths can build our confidence, help us believe in our self-worth, and also helps us to speak out. So that's kind of the basis that I'm going to look at um, the voice from. So that led me to think about from a positive psychology perspective that one of the perspectives would be strengths. And uh, the founding father of positive psychology, one of them, Martin Seligman, and Chris, and Chris Peterson, one of the um, researchers that they did, they were, were both instrumental in the development of the Values in Action Character Strength Survey. This is something that I've used in my work. Um, and it can be accessed free of charge on www.viacharacter.org. And that um, survey is a self-report questionnaire with 24 factors linked to virtues. And those virtues are courage, wisdom, justice, humanity, temperance and transcendence. So it's a really good thing to... Um, to take part in and to try out if you want to know more about your strengths. And then also Alex Lindley, who's the author of the book Average to A+, he says that only three out of ten people can name their strengths when asked. So I think that's a really low number. And to me, that just says how little, um, how much uh, low focus that we have on our strengths. And we tend to naturally focus on our weaknesses rather than our strengths. And I know for myself, being more aware of my strengths has definitely given me more confidence and increased my self-belief. What, do you, what about you, V? How, what do you think about strengths and your voice? I, I'm thinking it's sort of a, a chicken and egg thing, really. Um, I agree that when we know our strengths, we might feel better about having a voice. But then if that inner voice is focusing on our weaknesses rather than our strengths, will we believe our strengths? And it's like you said, but when we know what our values are we're more likely to be more willing to have a voice but then when you've got that inner voice going no one's going to believe you no one no one thinks you've got anything to say then that will overpower the, the strengths so it's like I say it's, it's chicken and egg it's trying to work out 
which bit to work on first. But what I'd like to do, you, know, you said that only three out of 10 people can name their strengths when asked. I'd like the people listening to just pause for a moment and at least find one of their strengths. Um, because we do all have them. We, we, we do, it's just sometimes our inner voice, the external voices sometimes are telling us that we don't. So yeah, I mean, I think you're going to talk more about the inner voice, aren't you, Kim? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to come on to that. And I was just wondering if, you know, if someone does have difficulty with thinking about their strengths and maybe even that one strength, mm. is, what would you, is there something that you could help? What would help that? When I work with the women I work with and the children and young people I work with, I encourage them to write down everything positive that happens. Um, and even, so... I ask them if they get a negative thought that they write down that negative thought and then for every negative they've got to find two positives and that helps them see that there's far more positive than negative but it also helps them challenge their brain to go from always thinking about the negative you know and we are you know, we've talked about it before with the negativity bias you know how many negative thoughts are there to every positive was it five seven I something think like it's, that I think it's um, lots where you have you're more likely to have more negative thoughts than positive ones. Yeah, so many. Yeah, so to breaking that habit, or even if you don't break the habit, at least being able to challenge the habit. Um, and that's what I do with the post-it notes, is get people to challenge. If someone looks, you know, um, so I was talking to uh, an event yesterday and a lot of the women were there saying, there's only a few of us, we don't make a difference. And I said, well, flip it on the head, on, on its head. You're not only a few of you, that, so you won't make a difference. You're the few leading the way. Because of you, others can follow. And so it's, it's the same thing. There's still only a few of them, but those words give them more power than just saying there's only a few of us, won't make a difference. But yeah, so I, I think challenging our inner voices, but also the external ones, because sometimes we hear horrible things that aren't necessarily true, but we're more likely to believe the horrible yeah. ones than the yeah. positive. You know, think how hard it is for people to accept compliments. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And and I think something that I would um, recommend is to think about what your if you have a, a really good friend. On you know, obviously some people don't, but if you have a really good friend, what would they say about you? Um, have, have they said something about you that you can, you know, maybe not believe in yet, but you can start to believe in? And, um, and if, they, if you've got any responses to what we're talking about here and about, you know, um, beliefs and um, your strengths, then get in touch and we'll share those details at the end. So you mentioned inner voice, V, so I'm going to come on to that now because it, okay. is, it is so interlinked, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so when I think about the inner voice that, you know, rather than the external one, we've got that voice that plays over and over again inside. And then I think that's related to the work of Kristin Neff, who, uh, Dr. Kristin Neff, who has researched self-compassion. And she's developed a model of self-compassion, which includes a component of self-kindness. So you can learn more about that model um, and the other two, compo two components, which are mindfulness and common humanity, by going to selfcompassion.org. So that's really comprehensive information there about self-compassion. And so self-kindness for this topic 
would be the way that we speak to ourselves, our inner voice, and whether we listen to it or not. And I think if we ignore our inner voice, we're less likely to speak out. Um, What do you think? I think it depends on how loud and how aggressive the inner voice is. Um, I think when you've got, you know, we're both quite confident women. We know that we can trust our inner voice. But when you don't have that confidence, you're less likely to use it. Um, I know that in the first three and a half decades of my life, I wouldn't have spoken out at all. Um, even though I've, I'm still passionate about the things now that I was then, now I'd happily speak out, but back then I wouldn't because I thought my voice had no value Mm -hmm. because my inner voice was louder. Um, so yeah, I, I think we need to practice listening to ourselves and like you just said a moment ago about what would a good friend say to you I asked the people I work with to be a good friend to themselves you know to say well what would you say to a friend that's saying this to you and then I think because sometimes we get our perspective all skewed and we don't look at it as how we would with we see ourselves as separate to everyone else you know our feelings we only feel this we're the only ones that feel this But if we go, if we say something horrible to ourselves, if we then go, well, if if a friend said this to herself, what would I say to them? And then say that to yourself. And I think it just takes practice to be able to, first of all, to challenge your inner voice and tell it to shut up, that you're not as bad as it's telling you you are. And then to to learn to, it it sounds really, you know, like I should be sat here, you know, singing Kumbaya and all this sort of thing, but you've really got to make friends with it. You know, you've got to make friends with who you are um, so that you realise you're worthy of having a voice, that you're worthy of being listened to. It just it just reminds me of that phrase that is, you know, would you talk to someone else how you're talking to yourself? Yeah. And we wouldn't, would we? You know, I I use that sometimes in my work. It's like, you know, what you're saying to yourself, you know, we are much more harsh on ourselves than we are on anybody else. We wouldn't dream of talking to um, someone else the way we do speak to ourselves. And I think that's really common as well. Yeah, the the compliments, but the compliments thing, you know, although it's not an inner voice thing, we're not very good at accepting compliments because we don't believe that we're worthy of them. But I always ask people to view compliments as a gift. So if I came to you and I gave you a bunch of flowers, you wouldn't turn around and go, they're awful flowers, I dislike them intensely, they're horrible colours, I don't know why you bothered. You know, you wouldn't do that because apart from being very rude, you know, that would be hurtful. Yet when someone pays you a compliment, if I come up to you and go, you look fabulous, Kim, in that lovely floral dress. You, know, If you turn around and went, oh, don't be stupid, it's just ridiculous. You're doing exactly the same. You're rejecting that person. Um, so I find that it's, even if you don't believe it, that person believes it. So not only are you helping their inner voice, that thank you for being kind, for trying to make me feel better, but just by saying thank you and not finding excuses, not listening to that inner voice telling you you're worthless, tell yourself that, I don't believe their compliment, but I believe that they believe it. And that will help challenge the inner voice as well. Lovely. And I think that first step of 
if someone gives you that compliment to say thank you mm. and that's I mean it could be quite hard to do Absolutely. and yet it's it's two words isn't it instead of all the the discount what I used to call what I would call discount you discount it yeah. oh this old yeah. thing or I'm not that's not you know that's not me yeah so yeah, yeah th- thank you for that um so that's really kind of I think given a picture of the what's might be going in with our inner voice and then I was just going to um, share something about my journey with voice. Um, so just thinking back to, you know, sort of like when I was younger, um, born in the time when children were seen and not heard. I mean, we say that mm. quite often, but that's, that says how old I am, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. So seen You're and not, not heard. Old. <laughs> it's the and amount I'm... of years the, the world has been enjoying you for, Kate. Oh, that's all lovely, it is. lovely, lovely. And, that, <laughs> and I've carried that belief with me, you know, that seen and not heard, it's so strong. Um, and, um, well, a little while ago, um, on my 60th birthday, not too long ago, <laughs> I, I resolved to let my voice be heard. And that was an interesting one because... I had a big birthday party and I wanted to um, do a speech and uh, I've never um, never really done speeches before. I just hadn't feel, feel that confident with my voice. And, and I thought also, also there's something about practice. I haven't really had the practice. I haven't put myself out of my comfort zone to practice. Well, I was obviously ready and, uh, and I got some help with it. Actually, I saw a coach, I did uh, some voice coaching because if there's anything that I want to do, that will be my first step, my first port of call, mm-hmm. get someone to coach me on it. And um, so that's what I did. And uh, there, was, there was a few things. When I was, um, when I was speaking, um, I, I, I knew, what happens with me is I get quite emotional. I'm an emotional person. So when I'm speaking, I get emotional. Yeah. And uh, it was quite interesting what the coach said. She said, actually, I need to, well, not we need to, but it's almost like a bit sort of pulling back on your emotion, whereas a lot of people that you need to pull out the emotion. With me, it's like pulling it back. So breathing, so a lot of breathing helped me to to do that. But then, you know, for me, I'd sort of like done some work in the background. I was seeing her about coaching me how to, how to speak out, and that's speech, you know, doing a speech. But then, you know, the day-to-day actually voicing, speaking up about something, I think that is, underneath is like, that is beliefs. Um, so sometimes some of the beliefs I've had that I've kind of like challenged, what I have, what I have to say is not interesting which when I say that now, I think, oh my goodness, that's a really harsh thing to say. Um, and one that sometimes I still think what I know, everyone knows. I sometimes forget that there are things that I know that people don't know. So those two, and they're so ingra- ingrained, those beliefs. And, and quite often with beliefs, what's right underneath is I'm not good enough. So I think doing work on yourself, personal development, you know, they, that's a way to challenge those beliefs and, you know, challenge those beliefs, you know, calm them down, give alternatives, mm-hmm. um, will help you to be comfortable with your voice. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, my story sort of has some similarity in that I was told I wasn't worth listening to when I was a child, you know, as a young adult. And um, the fact that I now do regular public speaking is still quite a, a what? (laughs) Me? Um, But I got thrown into it quite aggressively in that um, when I was at university, 
I was given a topic to, and I had to do a discussion about it. And to give a, a, an idea of how terrifying the thought was of me standing in front of people and talking to them, I couldn't cope with people singing me happy birthday because I couldn't cope with people looking at me. So the thought of standing up and not only standing in front of my lecturer, but my peers and talking about a topic that, like you've just said, I assumed everyone would know more about than me, um, was just terrifying. And um, I prepared this, the talk and this was in the days that we would use overhead projectors rather than PowerPoint. I kept putting my projector things on slides on the wrong way and upside down. What I had to talk about was Freud, and I have a deep hatred of Freud, and his powerful penis and vulgar vagina. And when I'm nervous, I talk with my hands a lot, but when I'm nervous, my hands get bigger and bigger. So I'm stood there in in the class, and every time I say uh, vulgar vagina, my hands start flapping even more, so I look like an excited seal. And my penis kept getting more and more powerful, and I had a vulgar vagina, a powerful penis. And my teacher, my lecturer literally fell on the floor laughing. Um, <laughs> and I passed. Surprised. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, so that was like a baptism of fire. But then um, a few years later, I was uh, an ambassador for a, a national charity. And um, they asked me to speak at a, a group. And they said, there's only going to be about 25 women. They're all older ladies. You'll be fine. And I thought, okay, I can cope with 25 older ladies. Not an issue. Still very nervous. Thought it's just 25. It's just 25 people I can cope with that. When I got there, I realised they'd missed off a zero. And it was 250 uh, people of all ages and all genders. And um, I was the only one there uh, that, that could do the talk. But what was really helpful was, even though it wasn't a particularly great talk, what I did realise was that on that subject especially, because I was talking about a rare disease, I was the only person in that room. I could tell people that we had to suck crisps through our ears and they would have believed me because they didn't know any different, you know? So that that made me realize that, okay, I have a voice about this because this is such a rare condition that only a few of us can talk about it. So that gave me a little bit of help that I could talk about that at least. But it took me many, many years before I realized that I could talk about other things and that I was worth listening to. It took a lot of, like I said earlier, the challenging the inner voice and finding the two positives for every negative. So, yeah, and I think also now whenever I'm asked to to do a, a public talk, when I do get nervous, I always think, you know, at least I'm not going to be going, powerful penis <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so everything is, And is maybe an you could start that, that way. Maybe that would be a good starting point. <laughs> Yes, and, I don't get people to do lion breathing. I'd get yeah, them to shout out about vulgar yeah, vaginas instead. <laughs> exactly. And 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 what I've kind of like noticed is what we've done there with humour. And and I'm thinking, for me, humour goes a long way. And to yeah. make light of something, because we can, you know, public speaking is, is the number one, the most feared, isn't it? I don't know if it is. It, it was, you know, the last time no, that I sort of looked into it. But I mean, yeah. and that's just... And I think there's something about judgment there, isn't there? Being judged for what you do and what you say. And um, and I think there's a few things there for me. I think I've kind of like dropped judgment. Um, yeah. 
you know, maybe that's a, a, a more experienced thing. It's like, you know, if somebody wants to judge me, then that's that's their their business. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one thing is that a drop, drop in judgment and um, just kind of like yeah. tuning into the into the joy of, of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think every experience is a learning one, isn't it, really? And I think, again, rather than focusing on, on ourselves and thinking, I'm so awful, no one will want to listen to me. Most people that are listening to you are probably thinking, I wish I had their bravery. I'd never have the nerve to get up there and talk. Um, so, yeah, so to be aware of that, because even if you do stand there and you start sweating, and I certainly cried giving public talks before because I yeah. do talk about some very emotional things. I've never had anyone complain. No. Um, and, I, and I think that's it. People will really, most people will generally admire your bravery because, like I say, public speaking is one of the most feared things. So the fact that you're doing it at all, mm. they're going to give you 100 brownie points just for that alone. Yeah. You know, and then anything else is a bonus. Yeah, that's that's lovely. And and I guess what we what I'm kind of focused my... Um, experiences of a voice is about public speaking and yet I know that it's much this inner this having a voice is much bigger than that and uh, and it comes down to the everyday doesn't it and uh, and I think for me it would be um, practice like most of these personal development um, uh, topics it's about practicing with somebody that you trust and if you haven't got anyone that you particularly trust then a professional yeah um, but yeah, yeah. I, I find it I find it quite fascinating this topic of of having a voice. Yeah, but it's, it's quite interesting that you just said. Then we're talking about it in in the realms of public speaking, mm. but we always end with a quote. And interestingly, my quote. And when you said that, I thought, well, yeah, it's about being able to to have a voice at the dinner table, mm-hmm. to know that your voice is being heard with the person stood next to you, the people you live with, the people you work with, and and that's really important. Um, and you know, the quote I've got is by, I hope I say this right, Liz Fosslian. Diversity, diversity is having a seat at the table. Inclusion is having a voice. And belonging is having that voice be heard. Um, and I think that sort of sums up the what you're saying. It's not just about public speaking. Mm. It's about being heard wherever we are, whether it's the person next to you at the bus stop or an auditorium of 50,000 people. Lovely. God, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> take take some notes off of that one yeah thank you and uh and my quote as we say we're going to finish with the quote every time and um my quote is related to the judgment and the self-compassion because it comes from Kristen neff and uh what she says unlike self-criticism which asks if you're good enough self-compassion asks what's good for you so i think to be quote. always be be mindful of what's good for you and uh yeah lovely yeah. yeah i think that's another podcast there isn't it the talking about what's good for you because it's so hard to ex- to yeah. um accept it sometimes we'll add that to the list kim so thank you very much uh, for joining us today uh, we look forward to sharing with you again please follow us on instagram kim is at instar coaching i-n-s-t-a-r coaching and i'm venus c-i-c which is v-i-e-n-e-s-s-c-i-c and if you have any questions or contributions, please email us at a work in progress podcast abbreviated to awip.podmail at gmail.com. 
And as always, we'd like to give huge thanks to James Furnish for producing this episode. Thank you. Thank you.